One, two, three, four. Just another day at my dead end profession. I've lived day to day. Yeah, listen some good old country records on the radio. Hell, yeah, what else can I say? Oh, Hey, welcome to the program. I'm Ryan Shores. With me remotely from his house is Dave Callens. Hello. And on the soundboard, Mr. Robert Timothy. Technically, we're all on the soundboard nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah, like I that so. you're, you you specify Dave is calling in from his house, but you don't do the same for me. I don't know that, where like, you are. Yeah, I you might be in a spy van for all we Or know. a bunker of some kind. I'm in a train yeah. station somewhere, like about to pull a heist. <laughs> well, like we like we talked about, the beard that I see you on Zoom, like it says like like uh, domestic terrorist manifesto. So I, I don't know where you are. Yeah, you could be in a cabin in Montana right now. There is only one God and Muhammad is his prophet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so um, well, I'll start out with, uh, talking about this. We talked about it earlier. First of all, uh, during the, the lockdown and the various stages of COVID's uh, quarantine, um, I've got a lot of offers from people to do like their short film uh, and stuff like that, you know, because a lot of people were ramping up their creative endeavors now that everything was shut down, right? Sure. So um, I got offered to do a a music video. Um, My friend wanted to be in his short film. And the thing is, and this is no offense to any of them, I'm just not saying yes to those anymore, like the the no-budget YouTube movies and stuff anymore. I'm just not... Even if I know that the guy is talented and and it's going to be well done, I don't know how you guys feel. And I I feel... It's not like I feel like I'm above them or, or, oh, I'm I'm too much of a star to be in your short film. It's not that at all. I just feel like no one ever watches them. Yeah. And it's always a, a tremendous waste of time. Like, have you ever heard, like, hey, there's a really good independent movie on YouTube right now? Do you, do you, has that happened to you? Oh, speaking of independent movies on YouTube, you guys should watch someone called Scamdemic. It's really going to open your eyes <laughs> about what's been going on. Well, Ryan, you're assuming it even gets, like, made and put up on YouTube. I think what a lot of people don't understand, because I, when I first got into stand-up, there's a lot of people doing these outside projects, and they'll ask you, and when I first got in, I was like Jim Carrey and Yes Man. I was like, yeah, yeah, you want me on a show? Yeah, you want me to go drive to Vegas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you have to when you first start. Yeah. You, you, you absolutely should say yes. yes to everything when you first start because you're not in a position to say no. I- exactly. But I would even say yes to stuff like this that if going back, I would actually advise people don't say yes to stuff like this because I don't think it actually helps this the, these videos and stuff. I cannot tell you how many hours I spent both in front of and behind a camera for somebody's project that never even got never finished. saw the light of day. Yeah, it, forget yeah. five people seeing it on YouTube. I never got to see it because it was never done. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's another thing. Is is uh, I was t- I think I've talked about this on the show before. Uh, I got to a point where I'm like, I want to be the last person to film his scenes. Yeah. Okay, so if you got to shoot out of order or whatever, and if that's a deal breaker, I understand. But I want to be the last person because I spent the first five years of my career, be, like Bobby said, being a yes man to everything, and then always like I I, I dedicate my time. We'd have meetings. Uh, all of a sudden, that person would also need help like filming and acquiring a camera sometimes. Yeah. And then like after like four months of my time being put in, I'd stop hearing from the guy, and you'd run into him at the fucking I don't know the zoo, and you'd be like, Hey, dude, what happened to the project? Oh uh, yeah, that's kind of on hold right now. It's my 
my girlfriend's parents got sick, and I don't know, but you know, one day I'd like to revisit that, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, that's, that's tremendous. Thank you for wasting hours and hours and weeks and weeks of my time. Oh, I once got uh, roped into this thing by a guy who's like, hey, we're going to do a Curb Your Enthusiasm type show. And at the time, I was doing some improv as well. And I thought, oh, oh so you're going to be copy a better show. That's a great Yeah, idea. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, so we're going to come in and, and you know, have the scenes and stuff and have the, the plot. But the actors are going to improvise as they go through. And then we're going to edit out the, the best ones. And I was like, that's actually a really good idea. You know, there, there's a reason Curb is, imp- is good, especially if you get good people to do it. Let's go do it. So... It was one of those. It was one of those things where we all showed up to a park one day. He had told us the time. He was very serious. He had this big, thick thing he kept referring to as his script, and okay. then and he, but he wouldn't show it to us because he kept saying, "No, no, no! I want you guys to do this authentically, like off the top of your heads as we Why do it." Why are the pages yellow? Is that a <laughs> phone book? Well, we show up to a park, a county park on a Saturday, and this is also when I'm working like six days a week. This is the only free morning I have, and I'm getting up at 7 a.m. to go to a park to go dance around in costumes and stuff. And I show up, and no joke, we show up there, he has me roped in, there's four other people from my improv class, there's two dudes with very professional-looking cameras, one guy with a boom mic. And as we settle in, he goes, all right, guys, how do you think this scene should go? And we're like, uh... Well, I don't know. What's the characters? Let what's me the take setup? A little at that script. Yeah, and I was like, so what's the characters? What's the setup? And he, this was his move, and it was like he he had seen this from a, a Tony Robbins special or something, <laughs> and he oh, pulls God. out this thing, and it, no, I mean Ryan was exaggerating when he said phone book, but maybe half the size of a phone book, and he showed <laughs> it to me, and I've seen a regular script before, which is not that big, and I'm like, what the hell? And he literally flips through it, and it's all blank pages. Like, this was his motivational thing, was to get us all out of bed. You are the writers who will then pay me. I <laughs> I could not tell you how quickly I got the fuck out, how pissed I was, and how quickly I got the fuck out of there. There's just seven people looking at this guy with their jaws to the ground, like, you spent hours gathering us for this. You, you made us all call up people we knew who were actors to come to here to show us your empty script book and then have us sit around and go, so what do you think we should do? And the ironically, the guy who was the most pissed was the boom mic operator because he had not informed either the camera people or the boom mic operator that he was not paying. He just said <laughs> he knew they were people who did this. He said, I've got a gig for you. Show up and didn't tell him it wasn't paid. Well, that's a little that's on, on him. Them. Yeah, that's yeah. a little on them for not asking. Yeah. Uh, never but, assume you're getting paid. If, if, if money is not discussed, there will be no money had. But usually there's still a script. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually yeah. a script. I'm picturing Bobby say, oh, here's how I think this scene should go. And he gets in his car and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, film me driving off, <laughs> and then you just never come back. Okay, can you do both of the fingers flipping you off, or should <laughs> I just... I feel like it's not even enough that I want to take one of the flipped-off fingers and stab it into your eyeball. Yeah. Dude, I was... Uh, San Diego actually has a pretty good film community here, and yeah. years, years ago, I got a... Uh, I forget how, a friend of a friend, I got roped into a movie, and it looked like a legit low-budget production. Like Bobby said, boom mic operators. There was green screen stuff that we shot. There were makeup artists. There were special effects. All kinds of shit. Spent like weeks. Not like constantly, but like every so often I'd go and film a scene out in a field, out in a studio, whatever. And then it just nothing. Yeah. Like vanished. Like even the guy who made it vanished. Like right. every once in a while on Facebook, I'll get a notification. Somebody liked Hackathon. And I'm like, oh yeah, that movie I made years ago. <laughs> oh, so it came out? No, it's just, it's got a Facebook page. Oh, it's got a Facebook page. Okay. 
every once in a while somebody sees the Facebook page and likes it for some reason. I'm like, ah, I wonder how that movie Yeah, works. I would say for every one that ends up a garbage thing you're kind of ashamed of on YouTube, there is a dozen that never saw the light of day right. that are just wasted time that you could have spent making yourself or your own creative projects better, but you wasted it because the 14th asshole in a row promised you that this was going to be the big one. Dude, I'm a, I'm a step behind Ryan on this because I used to... Not say yes to everything, but I used to get roped in easily. Like, ah, he's my friend. Sure, I'm going to help him out. Yes, he asked. I'll do it. And so now, once Ryan said that he would want to be filmed last, that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm like, okay, I'll go last. Like, let me know when everything is in place. Then I'll go. Yeah, you know, and and the thing is, I had to finally, when you you start your career, whether it be in acting or comedy, when someone offers you something, you always tell yourself at the beginning, what if this is the next Clerks? Like, what if this is the next independent darling that actually does make it to Sunset uh, or or Cannes Film Festival, and I passed, you know? But I'm here to tell you that's never going to be the case. You're going to be lucky if something even completes. There will not be a premiere. It'll get uploaded to YouTube and get 61 views. So just know that's what you'll be getting out of it. Like I had a friend, operative word had. Uh, I met him because he was a horror movie director. We had him on this show a lot of years ago. He was making a movie, uh, I'm not going to say it, but um, and Aaron and I discovered the trailer online and it looked really good and really scary. This is like 2013, 2014 thereabouts. And, um, you know, I had him on this show to promote it when we were when we were taping back at the Madhouse. I'm like, so how, how close is this to being finished? Like, oh man, real close, finishing touches. To this day, that guy... Uh, still post, and it's 2020 now, this is a good seven years later, this guy's still posting line, oh, real close to being done with our film. I'm like, dude, seven years. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, like, geez. And and again, this guy is dedicated. He talks about this movie every day. He didn't just let it go. But seven years later, I'm like, what is the holdup? One guy that was in the movie has been dead for two years. It's, he died. I remember he did a whole post about it. Anyway, I got rid of this guy as a friend. Side note, it has nothing to do with his film, but um, I don't know if you remember that, that one of the Halloween parties I threw at my house. I only met this guy one time. We went out for drinks, and he seemed a little kind of, I don't know, um, a little wild, okay? And uh, when he was at my house for this Halloween party, keep in mind, I'd only hung out with this guy once. He was running around, he was going around the house, yelling in people's face, suck my fucking dick, I'm going to fight you. He thought he was being funny. He wasn't, but like, <laughs> I'm like, D- no one knows you here, I barely know you, and you're running up to people and screaming, almost in earnest, suck my dick. Uh, also, like, also, he doesn't know that you have like a lot of friends who happen to be both gay and good MMA fighters, so they might do both. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, finally I had to get rid of that guy. I, I, I like, asked him to leave, and then like a, a couple days later, he texted me, you're the most important person in my life. I'm like, all right, we're done with this friendship. I've met you twice. Whoa. So, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I just saw him for the next few years posting this movie. It was almost done. Anyway, circling back, I, I stopped saying yes to a lot of these things just because I, you know, didn't want to. But I today, I, <laughs> I got an offer that that, that was... It was quite the doozy. Um, uh, and by the way, I'll say yes to things if I know they're going to air. Like I just, I, we'll talk about this in a bit. But I was just on that Epics show, 
Um, and I, I, I just said yes to my friend's documentary because it looks really cool. And he's networks. He's at, he's in film school. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be a good documentary, whether or not anyone sees it, you know. But I got this offer today from a friend of mine, and um, oh boy, real trouble saying no to this one. He said I, he wanted me and my wife Erin to do a cameo in his movie, and basically the cameo is uh, he cucks me. He cuckolds me. I, I I don't know what the rest of his movie is about, but he sent me the fucking the the uh, the, the the scene directions for what's me. He's like, okay, I'm there, and I turn around and I walk straight into this huge pair of boobs, and it's your wife. And then you turn me around and go, hey, buddy. That so first of all, he motorboats my wife. So that's 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 first. That's and then I turn around and go, hey, man, that's my wife. And he goes, oh, sorry. I go, wanna fuck her while I watch. And he goes, oh, and, 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 and Aaron's licking her lips and just loving it and shoving her face. I'm like, this just sounds like something you just want to do. I don't know what the rest of your movie's about, but I, I'm having trouble seeing where uh, this moves the plot along at all. Dude, it was great because also, as I pointed out, because you shared this with us, and as I pointed out, it wasn't done as script direction, like this character's name turns around and crashes into a woman's boob and then looks up and finds a busty woman and turns around and the woman's husband is talking to him. He said it as his name, your wife's name, and you. He said, I go into your wife's boobs. I turn around. You're looking at me. You say, hey, that's my wife. Do you want to bang her? Everything is way too real. Like everything is just <laughs> you guys but in a cuckold situation that he has apparently spent a lot of time thinking about. I didn't even say no yet. I wanna. I, I, I would like to perfectly craft my no for this request. I'm like, I, I, I'm saying no to my friends that have legit fucking scripts. And this guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I motorboat your wife. She licks her lips, and then and and, and you know we gotta make sure that she finds me really sexy. And then and then you you know I make you my bitch, and you ask me if I'll fuck her. You know, I would be surprised if later in the script. We act this whole thing out. Yeah, yeah. he's like, listen, we don't have enough money for a prop penis, so I'm going to actually have to bang your wife. Listen, this is just, it's part of the way of guerrilla filmmaking, hey, man. It, it's in. It's on the page, man. It's on the page. My hands are tied. You wrote the script. Yeah, that was such a hilarious thing. I actually thought you were joking when you sent that. I thought you sent that as like a ha-ha. Oh, you thought I typed it out? Yeah, yeah, ha-ha. <laughs> Wouldn't this be a funny thing for somebody to do to me or like ask me to do? And then about three messages later, when I realized that you were actually being serious, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to stop what I'm doing today and read this. Yeah, I, uh, th- th- I'm going to be honest, I still feel queasy. Uh, it, it, was, it was like the ghetto-ass version of indecent proposal. Like, I want to sleep with your wife, and I'm prepared to offer you a cameo in a movie no one will ever fucking see. What was interesting, too, is not only do you read that and go, well, this is kind of weird, but you now have to meet him over and over again in scenarios where that is absolutely going to be the thing you think about. Like there of is, of course it is. There is He's no way, <laughs> especially if your wife is with you. There is no way if you see this guy again in any kind of situation, especially if you're with Aaron, that this is not the first and probably only thing that comes to mind the entire time you see him. Oh, absolutely. I can't get it out of my head today. It was just like, you know when you see a really disturbing scene in a movie and it sticks with you for like two or three days? Yeah, Yeah, that's been happening with reading his script direction. Oh my God. So this reminds me of a story that I I touched on a while back, you guys might remember, but is is very fitting, which was 
uh, for a while, uh, sometimes I'm, I'm work teamed up with the biologists and you're, you sit in a truck for a long time and you talk a lot. You get to really know people. Uh, and I was teamed up with this bio and she was a very attractive younger lady and very good biologist. And she re- like revealed to me, I was like, hey, just out of curiosity, like, do you ever have creepy stuff happen to you at work? Uh, I, I always ask women that just to kind of get the lay of the land. Well, it's about to. Yeah. <laughs> How about now? <laughs> you, ever have creepy, you ever have creepy stuff happen at work now? How about the script I wrote about you? <laughs> I have a movie I'd like to film. Yeah, there's no dialogue. I'm just It's mainly me motorboating you. Yeah. Uh, so she goes, well, not in work. Work has been pretty good. But I did have something happen in grad school, which was her expertise in grad school was butterflies and moths. And uh, she she had... She sounds like a fucking riot. Yeah, well, she's actually pretty fun. She was training under this guy who was like a butterfly and moth PhD expert. He was, was the moth man! He was... <laughs> uh, that would be the nicest name to call him once you hear the end of this. So she was training with him, and then he once asked her... And, they, and by the way, when you do this kind of field biology stuff, you're out in the field with this person, especially for moth and butterfly stuff, overnight outside for long periods of time. You, like, go camping with them and stuff with your advisors. And so... She showed me what her advisor sent her, which was he told her he was working on a novel. And she goes, oh, okay. Uh, and without prompting, he goes, would you like to read it? And she goes, okay. And he sends it to her. He sends her a PDF copy. And the main protagonist of this novel is him. It is absolutely him. It is like a, a PhD butterfly researcher who ends up, by the way, stopping terrorists, bringing a nuclear weapon over from Mexico. Oh, wow. He's, yeah. he's one of those guys. Yeah. He's like that guy that wrote that... Uh, that like re- re- Republican fiction book, like th- where the school gets taken over. Yes, exactly. And handily exactly. Them all. Exactly. All right. Only this is the Mothman version. So uh, this dude, <laughs> this dude, he, he writes. It's about these field researchers who end up intercepting a nuclear weapon coming over from Mexico. Lot to do. But when he sends it to her, the female romantic lead is his female grad student, <gasps> whose name is basically an anagram for her name. Oh, God. And is exactly like her in description. He just adds a letter on the, on the front of it. It's like, it's like if her name's Lauren, it's just all of a sudden Glorin. Like, oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's even probably worse than that. Uh, I, I don't want to reveal it by saying her actual last name, and I can't think of a way to describe it without saying it, so I won't sure. do it. But, like, it, it is goddamn spot on. The description of her is perfect. Wow. He talks about her tits in it. Like, when he <gasps> describes her, he's like, I mean, she shows up with something pert tits. And I, I must admit, when I read it, I kind of looked up and went, yeah, they're pretty pert. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> and so she told me about it, and she was a little embarrassed. And she goes, yeah, I have these little snippets, and she would read me little snippets. And I was like, wow, that sounds ridiculous. And she goes, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really uncomfortable, but I'm just glad that he, like, obviously never published it or went through with it. And I just kind of moved away and did my thing. And I was like, yeah... But I like digging old shit up, so hold on a second. So oh, I boy. research and find out who this guy is, because it's pretty easy. There's only so many, like, PhD butterfly researchers. I figure out who this guy There's is. There's two. Yeah. <laughs> but they fucking hate each other. Yeah. So, so I figure out who this guy is, and I send him an email that says, basically, hey, I'm a guy who collects science fiction written by scientists i collect shitty scripts you got me yeah i'm don't worry about how i got your name by the way yeah exactly i'm publishing like uh stories about uh scientific fiction stories about science field researchers and somebody told me you had a great story and he got back to me right away and he was like oh my god i'm so flattered did you read the part about the tips yeah (laughs) and he sent it to me so he emailed it to me 
And uh, the next day I showed he's asked he's asked no questions. He didn't say who gave you my script that only one person has seen Nothing. and her tits are in it. Nothing. Nothing. What a was dumb no, fuck. No self-awareness. And so he sent it to me. And the next day I showed up to work, I had the biggest smile on my face. And I and got the biggest the, erection to match. Yeah, I got I got into the truck and just as we started driving, I just start slowly reading from the first paragraph and she, she just bursts out laughing and she's like, holy fuck, where did you get it? How in the world did you get this? And I was like, well, you read, you read me some little clips of it and uh, I haven't actually gone through this whole thing yet, but I do want to see how graphic it is. And she goes, okay, just turn to this page. Like, I, I don't, I, I'll oh, tell she's you got the page. page. She seems like a bigger fan of this than no, she's letting on. She's got no. page numbers memorized. Well, it, technically she it's only She keeps bits of it on her. Yeah, she, it's because I had asked her to, to read me bits before and she had just screenshotted it so she knew the page number. But so I, I read the entire page, the, like from the part that she had screenshotted because she purposely, she was like too embarrassed to read me the whole thing. And it, there is a graphic description of this professor banging what is clearly his student sitting next to me in a field setting when, by the way, she was his grad student going out camping with this guy on overnights. And I thought to myself, this has got to be the creepiest motherfucking thing I've ever heard of until today when I got your text message. (laughs) Yeah, when people write their own, like, life fan fiction and just call it a script, that, um... A little uncomfortable when you're the subject of it. Well, but I get it if, like, that's your method of therapy or something. You're like, you're going to journal it. You're going to write what you wish and all this stuff. But you're showing it to the per. That is the crossing line. If this guy just wanted to write the fan fiction while he drank some scotch at night with his wife, you know, like, who, who cares? But the fact that he's sending it to her, the fact that this person's sending it to you, that's what makes it weird. Yeah, it makes it very weird. That is a that is, that is now a proposal. Yeah. <laughs> You are no, you are pitching this idea. Part of me is like, are you just seeing how cool I am with this idea? Oh dear. You know it'd be great too. What if we find out that he has sent out a modified version of that script to a bunch of his different dude friends with just different names put in? It could, it, it, yeah, yeah. He he, he chose his like top five wives I want to I want to uh, like cuckold my friend with. These are it. Uh, I'll just I'll swap out the names, and then he's just he's just fishing with a long line. You know, he's gonna throw out ten hooks and see what bites. Yeah, exactly. Hey man, you, got, you, <laughs> you don't know if you don't ask. <laughs> you miss every shot you don't take, man. <laughs> Speaking of uncomfortable sexual situations, I was just talking with my friend uh, Zach. Um, he was over at my house and. Aaron was in the room as I'm telling the story, and it occurred to me because um, she was like, "I, you've never told me this story before," and I realized I thought I'd told it on the show, but I guess I hadn't. And that is the worst fucking job I ever had, um, and I had it for three hours, and it was something of the sexual variety. Technically, I was a sex worker for three hours. <laughs> okay, so what happened was I graduated college right. As the 08 recession hit full stride. So there were no jobs for people with no experience like myself. So I, I got my, my useless diploma. I'm in the job market. I am, uh, I'm getting nothing back, all right? Most of the job interviews I went on turned out to be like pitches for pyramid schemes, basically, or scams in some way. Like, you know, one of those things where you go in and it's a mass interview, quote unquote. You, you walk into the conference room like, why is everyone in here at once? And then one guy just starts pitching you. What kind of interview are you trying to convince me? I don't understand. 
So anyways, it was, it was not going well, all right? And I had been out of college for four months, and I was really feeling the noose tighten when I got uh, a, uh, I, I responded to an internet Craigslist ad for a job in, in marketing. It was just marketing, all right? It was generic, and I'm 22 years old, so I have no idea what a red flag that, that, that there's no description of this job in. So I show up to this office park in Mission Valley. For those of you who don't live in San Diego, Mission Valley is an area, it's just basically a stretch of freeway with a mall on one side and just miles and miles of office parks on the other. So if, if there's going to be a shady business, they're probably going to be able to afford some space in Mission Valley. I show up. I go to this uh, the suite number I'm supposed to. And by the way, I'm wearing a suit because I'm an idiot. And I walk in there and it's just this fucking room with a bunch of picnic tables that have computers and phones on them. And there's this guy, he's, uh, he's obese, he's wearing a polo shirt that doesn't fit, so the belly's coming out the, the, the bottom, uh, he's wearing shorts and sandals, he's got a bad comb over and bad teeth, he's like, okay, grab a seat, uh, and like, there's like six other guys in there, he's like, okay, here's the job, you're all hired, first of all, now, first, what you're gonna do is you're gonna go on Craigslist, you're gonna pose as a broad, and you're going to start talking with lonely guys. And, and, and you're going to try and get them to sign up for this campsite. He like brings it up on the projector. You get them to sign up for the campsite to see your tits. And for every sign up, you get $25. Bam! So I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So I, we'll say it again. You go. You go on the internets. You find a bra with big cans. You steal her picture. And then you pose as her, and then you either tell these guys you was a prostitute, or you're looking to fuck them. And then you get them to sign up for the campsite, and you get $25. Bam! And th this guy is acting like this is a huge opportunity. He's like, he's like, yo, man, uh, I'm telling you, uh, old Sully, he, one day he set the record, sold, sold five in one day. I'm like, so that's like 125 bucks. Like, yeah, here's the keep. That's free. He's like, uh, here's like a Polaroid, like thumbtack the wall. It's like flapping under the air conditioning with a gold star on it. Meanwhile, what he did for that $125 will haunt him for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, it will, because I got to work. I'm like, all right. I would want to be like, uh, when do I get to fuck the guy, though? <laughs> So I go on Craigslist and I start. So first of all, you gotta make a bogus email address to attach it to, and I literally just rip a picture off a fucking Google image of some pretty lady. I put it up, and this guy's right over my shoulder, like, no, 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 too pretty. You gotta make them look accessible. You gotta make it look realistic. This broad would never talk to these fucking jagoffs. No, 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 and like. One guy's like, "How's my picture?" And like he like he, he types on his computer, and brings it up on the uh, over screen. I'm like, "Yeah, that's Camilla Bing. No one's gonna believe that. That's ah. a that's, that's a popular porn star." And he's like, "No, but she's perfect. She's she's kind of chunky, perfect." I'm like, "I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> How did it all come to this?" So I start actually doing this. I'm like. Hey, looking for good time. And, like, I start getting hit up immediately. All the, it, all these people, these lonely dudes fell hook, line, and sinker just for a, a girl on Craigslist saying, yeah, down to fuck. Um, you know, and that's I, the story of how I am at Ryan Shores. <laughs> 
And that's how I got into stand-up comedy. Um, and so I'm talking to these guys, and, uh, and as soon as I mention the cam site, they fall off, most of them, you know? I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm like... They're just trying to meet me at a motel. He's like, tell them you want them to eat your ass. I'm like, I, I, I tried that, Larry. Um, I told them I want them to eat my ass. But, uh, yeah. One of the I, weirdest workplace conversations. That he's, like, he's like, yeah, he's like, do you tell them you want them to crush the pussy and lick your titties and then eat your ass. And then, then you know, bam, campsite. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. So I'm literally flirting with dudes on Craigslist, like I would like you to eat my ace. <laughs> and so finally he's like, "Okay, here's what the here's what's what. What you gotta tell him? You gotta you gotta drop this whole thing where you just wanna fuck because then the campsite seems unrealistic." I'm like, "Yeah, that's the fucking flaw in this plan." And he's he's like, "Okay, what you gotta do? You gotta tell him you're an escort, but set the price real low, not too low. You know, something where they can afford it, like hundred and twenty five dollars." I'm like. Yeah, you mean the record sales in this yes. place? So he's like, yeah, so you're an escort. You you, you, you charge $125, maybe $200. Uh, I don't know. You make your own prices. And um, what you do is you tell them that you've had trouble with underage kids hitting you up. So you need them to go sign up for this campsite and, and, and uh, uh, just to verify their age. And then tell them that you'll knock that price off your price to go fuck them in a motel. Bam. So I do that. <laughs> did you get anybody? Did you get $25, Ryan? I did not get any anything. He set a new record. <laughs> I, I, but here's the sad part. This guy was still in my ear. I'm like, every guy I talked to, every single guy that was down to pay for the campsite, who was all, well, well, or to, to buy my services, would, would be like, he'd always say the same thing. I can't. My wife checks our credit card statement. I got so depressed over the course of this three hours that every single one of these guys searching for prostitutes on Craigslist all were married, all had a shared bank account. I don't know which was worse. Oh. But, yeah, they're always... I'm so I'm like... So I, I'd be typing. He's like, I can't do that. My wife checks the credit card statement. And this guy's right in my ear with his halitosis breath. Tell him to go to 7-Eleven and tell him, tell him to get a prepaid visa. And then, and, then, and then you take the prepaid visa. You sign up for the campsite. Bam. He kept saying bam. I'm not exaggerating that part. <laughs> well, Emeril Lagasse was big at that time. Yeah, he was very big. It actually was Emeril Lagasse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he fell on some hard times. <laughs> You offer him a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, anyways, finally, after three hours of telling lonely guys on Craigslist I wanted them to suck my tits and eat my ace, I finally just fucking, th I, I threw my hands up. I walk out. This guy starts shouting after me. You're missing a, you're walking out on a huge opportunity. You're going to regret this. You don't know what you're doing. You just didn't do enough good ball talk. That's the problem. Guys like to hear about balls. That's how they know you're real. Yeah, so that's the time I was a sex worker for three hours. <laughs> nice. Anyway, short episode. Uh, guys, by the way, please tune in to the Epics channel. Uh, get the app. Get the, seven, the, the free seven-day trial. Because me and Aaron are on a new show called Sex Life. It's kind of like real sex uh, on HBO in the 90s. You remember that show? It, it, it's that, but with less gross old swingers shoving feather dusters up their ass. Or whatever they did. I used to jerk off to it anyway. Anyway, yes. that's Epic's channel, uh, Sex Life Season 2. Me and Aaron are on it. All right, guys. Also, let's... you guys, uh, be sure to sign up for our campsite. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. 
Well, he thinks him and Aaron are on it. He's actually on a self-produced <laughs> thing that he's going to get cuckolded on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the week. I'm Ryan for Dave and Bobby saying see you next week. Cruising with the twos. You're walking out on a huge opportunity. You're <laughs> going to regret this. You don't know what you're doing. Motherfucking time is passing by